Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III, and today I'm sitting down with my new friend, Suad. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited. We're we're about to spend some time together at Wholesaling Live down in San Antonio with the boys from HBHS. Looking forward to that, and that's what brought this on. I, I saw that you were going to be a part of that event, and I said, look at this. Uh, uh, female <laughs> closer competing in the Wholesaling Live competition. This is what people ask for, and so I looked you up. I saw, man, you've got a lot of really great things going on. So I said, man, I got to get you on the podcast. So for the people that don't know who you are, tell them where you're from and what it is that you do in real estate investing. Right. So, so for those that don't know, my name is Suad Madun. Um, I started wholesaling real estate as my first gateway into real estate investing. And that started right after college and right at the peak of the pandemic, which actually brought a lot of people into the real estate game. Um, I started off as a college student, graduated with a finance degree, um, and then had a job at actually a window company, um, a little bit of their sales department, but mostly in their, in their finance department. Um, and we all get laid off, right? COVID hits. There's no more, you know, um, there's no more work. There's no more jobs. Everyone's kind of back at home. And it just put me in the space where I was never able to have before, like being stuck in college, there's always something to do, whether it's schoolwork or, or when you have a job, but with COVID now I had nothing but free time. And so I used that to, to actually find side hustles. And that was kind of also the peak of TikTok and like Instagram reels. Right. So you'd see all these little, little side hustles out there. And then I tried most of them. Um, I kind of was into that si- shiny product object syndrome. Um, and so I jumped onto everything. We're talking drop shipping, Amazon FBA, everything that you would think of. I at least dabbled into it, started accounts with it. I needed something to do within that free time. Um, and it wasn't until I found wholesaling that it kind of really piqued my interest. And it wasn't until I closed my first deal that I really cemented that this is what I want to do. And so that's kind of how I got my start in wholesaling and then eventually moved on to real estate investing with fix and flips and rentals, and then eventually jumped into the tech world and call centers and leads and skip tracing. But um, yeah, that's kind of my journey of it. Love it. So you you found wholesaling through reels and TikTok. Mm-hmm. What about that stood out like, hey, this is something I could potentially do. And how did you get started? Was it just straight cold calling people or what was like your first steps there to go get that first deal? Right. So real estate has always been something of interest. Like I think we've all grew up with those fix and flip shows where you see someone takes a property, fixes it up and then sells it and they're making so much money. And so it was always interesting to me, but it was always so far away. Right. I can't afford to purchase a property. I don't have down payment. I don't come from a home where that was even an option. And so it was always something that, you know, that's for the people that have money or have connections. And so when I hear of this career choice where you can get into real estate, you can technically own a property and kind of flip it over without actually owning it, without putting any money, your credit didn't have to be involved. And it was just like, this is self-explanatory. Why wouldn't I join? You know, it's a very low cost and, and, and low to start. I might as well give it a try. And so I did what everyone does. I go on YouTube and I search up a bunch of videos and I go on Google and I'm searching up through forums, through people's tips and tricks and and I just started. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do is, is really start. They, they focus on that whole getting as much info as they can. And I, I can say I probably took about two weeks 
of learning wholesaling, which was probably not enough, but I just wanted to do it. Like I just wanted to start. And so like I would watch these videos, I'd have a notebook and I'm writing everything down that I, that, that seems interesting. That seems like it would help. Um, and then afterwards just started calling like driving for dollars was the first one. It's the, the, the cheapest ways driving around the block, driving around different towns. I drive around the towns that I knew there was distressed properties. I take those addresses. I plug them onto truepeoplesearch.com. I couldn't afford to skip trace anything at the time or, or purchase a software. And so I'm doing everything manually. And then I hear about public county records. It's like, you can call up your county clerk's office and they can give you all these paperwork. And, and I did that as well. And the same thing, skip tracing it manually, like one by one. And at the time, public county records didn't give it to us as a full address. They gave it to us as a block and lot number. So I had to manually go and figure out what the address was of that property and then connect it with the actual homeowner's name and then get the phone number for free. And then hopefully it works. Hopefully it's a correct phone number. And then I'd make the calls and just get yelled at, get cursed at, get screamed right. at. And it that's, that's really how it started. That's um, crazy. So I, I, I have a question because obviously you have the degree from Fairleigh Dickinson and and I'm curious because so many people, you're right, two weeks, they get stuck in this YouTube university, you know, they've analysis paralysis, they don't know enough, so they don't take action. And then the next thing you know, they fast forward a year and it's like they've been watching YouTube videos for a year, but they've never even talked to one seller. You took two weeks. Do you give credit to kind of your background of studying and, and college and getting faced with new ideas through that? And, and that kind of led to your saying, hey, it's time to take action. Or is that just kind of your personality? Right. Um, it's it's that's a that's a really good question, um, because college, in a sense, has always been looked down upon, especially lately. You know, yeah. if you're not going to be an engineer, a doctor or a lawyer, you should probably skip it. Um, and so being me, I actually started college with a bio degree. My first two years I was in the biology field and it wasn't until I took one account in class that I was just like, okay, maybe I want to switch to business. Maybe this is, this is the, the career path that I actually like and enjoy. I preferred these classes over any biology or chemistry class. And, and at the time it was, it was a really big decision because I came from just such immigrant parents where you know, being a doctor and lawyers is all they knew. If you really want a good career, those are the career paths that you follow. And so when I told them that I'm making the switch to business, it, it wasn't the happiest moment of their lives. Um, <laughs> but they they fully supported it. They were like, whatever you want to do, go ahead, as long as you get a job at the end of this. And and that's why I kind of went with finance, even though my, my real goal was to go with marketing. But it was just so hard at that time to find a career path within marketing you would have to go through internships and experience levels to really get to the point where you want to get. And so I ended up going finance. I know I'd have a job in finance just about anywhere. And so when I graduated it, it, and, and really jumped into the wholesaling side and, and really did the studies of the same as I would take any course, like put the notes in a notebook, like I'm still a pen and paper person. So like, I really like to write my notes on a notebook. Um, like I hate just typing it up. So that was another thing. And I guess with the college background, it kind of shows you that when you learn a chapter, you go and implement it in like later chapters. Like everything that you learn in the beginning is something that you're going to eventually implement. And with wholesaling, it's like, I got the foundation. I understand the pros and cons. I understand the risks. I mean, I'm just going to be watching the same repetitive videos that are said in different ways by different YouTubers. So at that point, it was just like, I'm just wasting time. And it was also where jobs were starting to open back up remotely. 
And so I had to make a choice where I'm going to continue the side hustle route or I'm going to go back to my job. And so I had to start. And that's what I did. I started making calls, started making text messages. Ringless voicemail was a big thing at that time. Um, yep. Door hangers was a big one. Um, and yeah, that, that was really the start of it. So you're just taking that action out there. I love that. Let's talk about that first deal. You said you got it from driving for dollars. So mm-hmm. I spent $65,000 to learn how to get deals off the MLS. Okay. That was, that was wow. my education. But so everyone loves to talk about acquisitions because it's the sexy side of things. But then you got a property under contract. You have to dispo it, right? How did you dispo that first deal? Because what I got told was is Craigslist. Craigslist isn't really as much of a thing nowadays, or at least in 2020, it probably wasn't either. How did you dispo that first deal? Surprisingly, with Facebook investor groups, those were my biggest thing. I hadn't jumped into Craigslist at that point. Like Craigslist, when I first remembered, it was like this free platform that you can post everything on. Right. Last time I hopped on Craigslist, it's like you have to you have to pay now to post on it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to pay to post it. I might as well just go on Facebook. And so that's kind of how my dispo went, just posting it on every Facebook group I could find, Facebook Marketplace. I even posted it on there. I was posting it everywhere that I could. I was commenting on other people's posts about my deal. Like I was yep. just blasting it. And I guess I can say I got lucky with my first deal where it just happened to be a really good deal. And it's kind of one of my biggest regrets where it's like, I wish I would have purchased it. But at the time, that that really wasn't my mindset. But it was just ultimately a great deal in a great area. And when it was posted out there, it brought so many investors and so many connections that that truly did help me speed along the process for other deals. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, go back, I go back and comp some of the first deals I ever wholesaled. The first one I did off the MLS, sold it on Craigslist, sold it for 97000 Needed a cosmetic rehab, maybe 30,000 in rehab. Okay. So 130 all in, it's worth 450 now. Wow. But that's the kind of appreciation we've had here in Texas, right? But I, same thing, right. I look back at it with so much regret, but, but not really, because without no, yeah. that $7,000 assignment, we would have trusted what we've done since then. So um, let's, let's talk about, so you, you, do that first deal, right? And you've done the, the Facebook group. Now, where? how does your journey go from that to eventually saying, hey, I'm going to start buying some of these. I'm going to own rentals. How does that transpire? Because let's be honest, you're in New Jersey. That's one of the more difficult markets in the United States. So how did this kind of, I guess, gain yeah. so much momentum? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Honestly, when I look back into it and 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 thinking about my first year and how things went along, like I I love to say it was a little bit of luck, but it was also, you know, working every single day. Like you you really quit that 9 to 5 and it becomes a, a 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. instead. Yeah. Like it becomes morning and night, that's all you think about, that's all you want to do. Um and when you get that first deal, you're kind of at a high. You're like at the highest point. You you have proof of concept it's like, I just made $16,000 within a month of work. That's the most money I've ever had in, in, in terms of, of, of really doing anything. I, it would have took months to get that as a regular nine to five job. So when I saw that, it was like, imagine if I can do just one a month. And that was the goal. It was just like, if I can get just one a month, 
I'll be secure for, for the rest of my life. That's, that's all I need. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. It was just that motivation in yourself where it's just like, this is really what you want to do. You don't want to go back to that desk job. You don't want to go back to college and get your master's. You want to do this for, for a very long time. And so when I got that first deal, I think a lot of people's mistakes is they spend it all right. $16,000, you know, you go splurge on yourself a little bit and I'm not going to lie. I did, you know, I paid off some debts and, and, and I know I had to have a great time. Um, but I also took a big portion of that and reinvested it in the business. That's where I learned about softwares. I learned about automating the process. I've learned about sending automated SMS and S and, and automated emails and just making this as, as perfect as I can. And, you know, I took a lot of that business background as well and, and tried to implement it in different strategies. Um, and, and that was the start of it. And then also being a realtor, like around that same time, I decided to let me get my real estate license truly just for that MLS access. Um, and also for the best of both worlds, if I couldn't wholesale the deal, I can put it on the market and potentially get the market value. So now I had two kind of exit points for any deal and it put me in a great position with the homeowner. And then I guess realtors in certain, I guess certain situations can be seen as like a high of how would you call it they they have a really good influence on this yeah so along those lines it's yeah and then some and some other times you know realtors thought about as as the worst person in the real estate industry (laughs) and so you're you're kind of in like two different points but the basis of it for for getting my realtor license was truly just for that mls access and having those connections and and being a realtor does open doors for you there's a lot of realtors in this world and and we love to talk we love to communicate. We love to network. We're always at open houses. So it puts you in a good position to really learn about this field. Keep in mind, I knew nothing about real estate. I had no clue how to purchase a property, how how the steps go through. And I got lucky where my first deal didn't have any issues. So I didn't see the bad sides of things. Right. I didn't see what happens when the title comes back unclean or, or when... <laughs> The, the homeowner is is hesitant and decides to call back or the buyer, you know, tricks you. Or, like, I didn't go through all that throughout my first deal. And I thought this was just easy. Oh, like, yeah. You can do this in your sleep. Like, that's it. I just called up somebody and they said, yeah, I'm interested. They agreed to my price as soon as I said it. You know, I'm good. I'm set. And then it came second deal. And it was like, OK, this is not as easy as the first one. Third <laughs> deal is. And then then you start going through the mistakes, which is which is another one where you say the wrong thing and you potentially ruin the deal or, or, or you do something and it completely messes up the deal or it's, it's just a lot that, that goes into wholesaling that a lot of people don't talk about. But um, I, I think that's, that's kind of a trial and error. Like I've lost out on so many deals my first year because I didn't fully understand it. I really did. Didn't know. Like for me, it was when they brought back their attorney in Jersey, parts of Jersey will always bring their attorney. As soon as it, it, it passes a certain price, threshold their attorneys in the process and with me attorneys would scare me it's like i'm doing the wrong thing like as soon as i hear they're bringing their attorney it's like okay i might have to skip on this deal or i might have to refer it to somebody else because i don't think i can handle it and it wasn't until later on where i realized an attorney doesn't mean anything attorney just another person that's going to read the contract and and you know give you their little little pointers of what they want changed but other than that the deal is is going to go through it shouldn't scare you but um i think that was it it was trial and error that really steamrolled this process and and really just persistence and, and calling and eventually getting virtual assistance and eventually automating that acquisition process and putting myself out of just calling and texting and put myself into looking at other other strategies and just focusing on the people that were actually interested. 
Love it. So do you do all of your deals in New Jersey or are you doing them in other markets as well? Mostly just Jersey. Um, we have done deals in other states, but it just happens that the homeowner lives in Jersey and owns a property in a different state. Like okay. We've done deals in, in Ohio, Texas, Florida that I can name on the top of my head, but I've never purchased like a list or something in those states to call. Okay. So I want to ask you because we do all, we do nationwide and we're currently doing a couple of deals in Jersey and, and New York. And both of those are quote unquote attorney states. And, and you bring that up and I want to talk about this because I personally feel like that is, it, it's borderline like deal killer status. I mean, when there's multiple attorneys involved, how, how are you navigating that now? Where, yes, you're right. Sometimes it is just simply changing some language in the assignment or the contract. But, man, it does really feel like it's the worst version of, like, sometimes realtors can be deal killers. But attorneys, it's like, it feels like they almost are trying to kill the deal. I mean, is that something that you experience on a regular basis? Yeah, when when attorneys come in, it's it's this really tricky process. And there's actually a story where we had an attorney take our deal with them. It was it was absolutely insane. Where we came up to this homeowner it was an inheritance. They were looking at you know just really just taking anything for it. It was a, a hoarder home. It was just absolutely just needed a lot of work to say the least. And so we came in, we gave an offer. And the homeowner agreed. He said, yes, I just need this gone. As long as you guys can close as fast as possible, I'm, I'm good. We sent over the contract. He said, I just need to send it to my attorney for verification and we'll be good. You know, two, three days passed by. I'm following up and he's not really responding. I reach out to the lawyer. And he's like, um, unfortunately, this deal is not going to go through. Um, he's no longer interested. And I was like, it doesn't make sense. He was highly motivated just two days ago. And then it goes through the attorney and now it's gone. And so we end up actually reaching back out to him and he says, yeah, unfortunately I, I sent it to my lawyer and he said that he can actually offer me more than you guys can. And it was like the first time I've ever heard that. Like I've seen other wholesalers take your deal and other right. investors take your deal, but for an attorney that's supposed to be reviewing the contracts to, to outbid you, that was something I've never heard of and never seen. And, and at the time I was like, let me, let me bring up my attorney and, the, you know, and try to figure out what's, what's going on. And it was just like, you know what, this is just going to be a long process of back and forth. You might as well just, just give it up. Right. It's going to cost you more money and, and going back and forth. And technically there's no laws against him bidding on the property. And so we ended up just losing that deal. And from there, it's kind of like, I'd rat, I, I wouldn't trust an attorney with anything at this point. And, and, and so that's kind of how it goes. But in, in states like Jersey, especially if they're bringing up the attorney, the best thing to do is bring up your attorney. Like it's a cost yeah. that we need to factor in now. It's like every time that their attorney is in place, the only other person that they want to talk to, or even want to, I don't know, it, it's really bringing another attorney. That's the only person that knows their language and knows how to deal with them. And so that's how it works. What drives me crazy is, and it's funny because I, we're talking about this because I had zero intentions of talking about this, but because you're in Jersey and you brought it up, wholesaling lines, the contract that I got that won me that belt right there, which you're going to be at the next one and we're going to be competing, <laughs> um, was in New York. It was in the Bronx and, and it was a huge deal. 
um, locked it up for a million dollars. It was a triplex. And the seller immediately, like a week after we signed the contract, wanted to terminate because her family's home in Florida got devastated by a hurricane. So she said, the, my Florida family is moving up to the Bronx to live in my triplex, so I can't sell so what we said was, is, well, instead of doing that, why don't we just extend? So we gave right. a year-long extension. She signed it. Six months goes by. She says, hey, family is, is moved out. I'm ready to sell. So we started marketing on InvestorLift. We find a buyer. And then it was buyer had an attorney. Seller had an attorney. And both of those attorneys wanted us as the wholesaler to have an attorney. So there was three attorneys involved. Okay. It got down to the point, and I, I don't have proof of this yet, but I am positive that one of those attorneys, either the buyer or the seller, found a way, those attorneys found a way to cut us out because we were making a six-figure assignment. And it got down to the communication that's that killed the deal was the buyer's attorney would not send a word document to the seller's attorney. He would only send a PDF and that attorney would not redline a PDF. He wanted to edit a word document and that is what killed the deal. It could not be overcome. And when I say it could not be overcome, I am a problem solver, especially over a hundred thousand dollars and it could not be overcome. And it killed the deal. And I'm pretty sure it was because they wanted to essentially kick us out of the deal so everyone else could still do it and they make right. their money. And it, that's it. I will never forget that deal for as long as I live. And it it, bro- it breaks my heart <laughs> to talk about it. But I think it's important for people to know when they want to do virtual wholesaling and they're in an attorney state, that's a, that's a whole different skill set that you need on how to navigate those conversations and make sure that those types of things don't happen to you. So appreciate you talking about that because we've never really discussed that before. So let's talk about where you are today because you've got all kinds of things going over. Uh, Check out the show notes, the description below to see what all you've got going on, but uh, you've built out a full on team and and you're wholesaling, you're rehabbing you're buying rental property. So how are you navigating that? Because those are essentially like three different businesses. So is that a, a stress on you or is it something that you're passionate about and you love now? I mean, I, I absolutely, I, I can't say more than I love what I do. Um, like I wake up so grateful that, that I got to where I am and in such a short amount of time, like keep in mind, I started this back in 2020 where we're in 2023 and, and it blows my mind to even think that, that I'm in this position. Um, but I'd have to say that it's the people you meet that truly do make it or break it. Like with me, when I was wholesaling, that's all I knew about. I was not going to jump into fix and flips. I wasn't going to jump into real estate investing or the tech world. That was like, that was something else. That's next level. Like I'm, I'm comfortable here. Like I'm set, I'm make, I'm making steady income. My bills are paid. I'm fine. And it wasn't until I went to my first real estate event and there's a speaker on the, um, on, on the event and he's talking about, loans and developing and all his rentals. And, and it was crazy because he ended it with giving his email out to everyone for, for any questions. And when I'm going through that email, saving it on my phone, it's like, I've already spoken to this guy. I've tried to sell him deals before and it just hasn't worked. 
And I kind of use that to pitch my way to, to kind of have a conversation. And so that's kind of how it started. It was, it was Mario Camino. Um, we ended up talking about the deal that didn't work when I sent it to him via email and, and how we kept going back and forth about prices. And I ended up selling it to somebody else. And he calls me into his office the next day. He's like, hey, I'd love to have a chat with you. Uh, maybe we can work together in some sort of way or form. And I was like, of course, this person knows more about the industry than I do. Well-known names, been here for 25 years, owns multiple rentals. And I was like, of course, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. I go meet him at his office. We're talking about how wholesaling is working. He's only fixed and flipping rentals. Never really jumped into wholesaling. Doesn't care much about it. But he's like, I'm trying to implement it into our business. And so I was like, I know wholesaling and I don't know fix and flips and rentals. So it's kind of like, if you teach me this, I'll teach you this or kind of like show you the way of this. Right. And, and that's kind of how it worked out. So because of his knowledge of everything and, and learning the, the rental game and learning the, the fix and flip game, and he already had contractors and attorneys and everything already set up. So it came for just me finding a good deal. If I wanted it, he'll help me, you know, lock it up, help me fix it, help me rent it. Um, and if it wasn't a good deal, we'll wholesale it together. And, and that's kind of how the business started and, and how I met my partner it was actually at a real estate event. And it was just so random and so crazy, but that really did steamroll the entire process. Cause now I have someone that understands this business a lot more than I do and can open a lot more doors than I could have by myself. Well, yeah, that, I mean, essentially, instead of you having to go get educated, you now are automatically have the wisdom, the knowledge on your team. Um, yeah, that expedites the process pretty quickly. Yeah, no, there. Ab- absolutely. It's the same as if someone were to purchase some some type of group with with a mentor or something yeah. along those lines. I just happened to get one for free because we we both needed each other at that point, and so that's kind of how it worked out. I ended up finding a mentor and a partner in one, and that really did make this process a lot easier because it would took me years to learn the stuff that I did in the short amount of time. It's like any question I have is a phone call away. So on the flips and the rentals is like your individual role on that, essentially just acquiring the deals. Is that kind of your role in the company now? Yeah. And in, in, in a big portion of it, yes. It's like, if anything you come across, that seems like it's going to be a great deal rather than wholesale out and make that five, 10, 15, might as well keep it for yourself. Um, and, and that's kind of how it started. Um, you know, just acquisitions eventually start owning my own. And then I kind of wanted to step away. I think the market kind of started changing and shifting. And and, and it was it's a really, it's crazy because within that three-year time period, from learning to COVID to the market at all-time highs to the market rates at all-time highs, like a lot has happened within the three years that you don't see. Oh, yeah. And so it's like you you got to learn a lot about the industry really, really fast because you're seeing stuff that, that wasn't happening. And so at the time I decided, you know, I don't need that much risk. I'm not the biggest risk taker. You know, I'm good with wholesaling. It's still working. I'm still making deals. I'm still making money. I'm going to put a pause on everything else. You know, I have rentals, you know, I'm, I'm getting the cash flow in. I'm going to stop with the fix and flips. You have big time investors that are losing money and flips. I'm not going to compete nor try to jump in. So right. that kind of put a stop. And so from now, it's really just been the tech world and, and wholesaling. That's really my 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 bread and butter and everything. And with fix and flips and rentals, I'm, I guess I'm hoping like everyone else for the market to get better right. <laughs> or maybe crash a little bit. But, you know, like, you know, somewhere between that. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like a waiting game, just like everyone else, but still focusing very, very hard on the wholesaling of it. 
So I have to second everything that you said. 2020 and 2023 has been some of the craziest years uh, because I think we, like you said, we were at like an all-time high. It was almost like any deal you got under contract, you could dispo to somebody. And then all of a sudden overnight, it just, interest rates went up, everyone stopped buying and it's like, now what? And then all of a sudden everyone kind of got used to the new norm, right? Mm -hmm. We used that term for COVID, but then in, 2022 and early 2023 that became a term for like uh buyers like hey they're okay with the interest rates they understand this is where we are we're kind of back to a new normal now so you you keep bringing up the tech side of things so talk to me about what you've got going on with that yeah i i mean the tech side things is is something absolutely insane um just because it's a whole nother ballpark, the e-commerce world is a whole different set of rules and regulations. And, and just overall, the process itself has just been, you learn so much in real estate, but then you jump into tech and real estate together. And now it's like, wow, like your mind is blown. Um, But with, with the tech, it really started with, with ourselves. Like we were purchasing so many leads to call. Like I was doing things very old fashioned. I wasn't buying you know, pre pre done deals or, or leads like that. Right. Um, so it was really just straight up cold calling and texting was was really it. You know, we had a couple en- interns that did some door knocking and 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 door hanging. We had little door hangers that we would hang up for the pre foreclosures and everything like that. Like it was very old school, but it worked. So for me, it was just like you know what. And the only new school we implemented was the automations. Like anyone that pressed on this would get a text message automatically, and they'll get a text message for the next three months. Like those were the automations that we did that kind of changed it a bit because follow-up becomes so important. Um, But when it came to like the leads, we were just purchasing so many and we figured like if you buy more, the price gets cheaper, obviously. So we, we ended up teaming up with, with this company where they were offering us leads at a fraction of the price as, as other people. Um, And they were also skip tracing it for us. So we were getting phone numbers with it and, and it was still cheaper than any other software out there. And at first it was just like, all right, let me hide this, right? This is all for me, you know? <laughs> right. But it was just, but then it was like when they're giving you like the tiers and it's like, well, if you buy this much, it cuts the price almost in half. And it was just like, well, what am I going to do with a million leads in, in different states and, and all that? And then we started like sharing it, kind of like sharing the cost with folks and, and we still do. But that was how Wholesale Discord kind of started. It was leads. And then we ended up doing a Discord. Everyone kind of wanted to just talk and, and network and, and and that. So we started a Discord group. And that's really kind of how it all started. Ended up having 2,800 members on the Discord group of just talking about deals, talking about real estate. Um, and we wanted to do something a little bit different where we started doing weekly live Zoom calls. So like every single week we do a Zoom call. We talk about a different topic, different chapters, and people are asking questions. And once we got into that, it was like, okay, so now we have these people, but they need resources, right? They need tools. And and what was out there was great, but, you know, we can always disrupt the field just a little bit. So ended up pushing the leads, pushing the skip tracing. We learned how to do that. Tech setup. A lot of people had these softwares, but didn't understand how to set them up together or apply for them. And then really what kind of molded everything together was opening a call center at the end in the Philippines, where now you have virtual assistants. So for people that wanted to get into wholesaling, it's like, okay, now you have the mentoring, you have the leads, you have the skip tracing, you have tech set up, and you have a virtual assistant to do all the calls for you. Right. So that's kind of how it started. And it's been absolutely amazing. We've done it for about six months now. 
And it's it's crazy. I, I think it's crazy when you see people actually closing deals. Like it still blows my mind. Um, and some people are doing it so automated now. Like the virtual assistant handles the entire first process where all they have to do now is just take that contract and try to flip it. Um, they're not like when I first started, like I was trying to build so much rapport with the homeowner, show up at their property, you know, I'll, I'll mow your grass. Like I, you know, really trying to do this little stuff to, right. to keep the contract, you know, as, 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 as tight as possible. But like now you're seeing that, that I guess state does make a big difference. Some states are a lot easier and here in Jersey, it's like you had to, to do whatever you can to keep that contract closed. And so, and I'm seeing other states and I'm seeing people that are really just dominating the field. They, they have a virtual assistant. They're making the calls for their leads. They're just focusing on the people that are like warm leads, hot leads. They're locking it up on their contract and then they're finding a buyer instantly. And so that's, that's kind of how, how it started and, and hopefully it continues to grow. And, and that's the tech world. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. 2,800 members already in, in just six months. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty large number uh, of members. And, and you bring up the how cool it is to see people closing deals. And, and sometimes I think we underestimate the, the impact of just talking about what we're doing, right? The, the difference that it made for our lives. I mean, you were essentially a, a college graduate that couldn't get a job because of COVID, and then you found wholesaling, and now it's like this is your career. You love what you do, and in the power of putting it out there through YouTube, it, people showed you essentially how to do this. And I, I got a message the other day. Someone said, "Hey, man, thank you so much for doing that podcast." I went and I purchased the same leads that you're purchasing. I used the exact same process that you did, and on my first. Uh, my first contract, I already made $15,000 and I have four more properties to Dispo just from that one podcast. So I took that and I put it on my Instagram story. And immediately, like 10 minutes later, another guy says, I watched that same video, man, and I've already made $50,000. I'm wow. like, whoa, what? <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because sometimes we don't want to necessarily do a podcast like this because we're busy or whatever. But then it's like, dude, no, we're changing people's lives. I mean, you talked about $17,000 was more money than you ever had. Same thing. I remember when we closed a $27,000 deal mm -hmm. in 2014, it was like, I'm the richest person mm -hmm. I think I know. No one else has $27,000. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So with with wholesale Discord, is that something that anybody can join, or what is kind of the process there of, of joining that community? Yeah, so so wholesale Discord is 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 all of the stuff at once. So if you go on the site, it's it's a one stop shop. There's separated by the actual Discord group that you can join, and then if you want like the weekly Zoom calls, that's a different thing. And then you have the skip tracing that's separate. You know, you upload your list, you get it back. The leads as well. You pick the area, the criteria, any specific instructions. You get your leads instantly. Um, same thing with the virtual assistant. You choose your your VA. They get on the phone, start calling your leads, and then we kind of took it up a notch where all our VAs are trained to to run comps. So they'll even give you a suggested offer, suggested wholesale price, and a suggested rehab based on what they had within that conversation. So now you're getting someone that does your homework instantly. So they're calling your leads, they're sending you who's interested, but they're also giving you comparables of a suggested offer with how they calculated it. So 
cutting your wholesale fee, cutting your rehab, and they're using that 70% rule. And then again, of course, you'd have to double check just because we're just running on, on numbers that we find, data that we find online. But you're getting all that done for you. Your job is to just verify, call back the homeowner and give them that offer. And I, I mean, we say it so easy, but that's really the hardest part, getting them to accept that offer. <laughs> right. um, but then as soon as they say yes, you send over that contract and, and there you go. You're, you're, you're starting your first deal. But yeah, everything is separated. Everything has its own little world and its own back end system. And, and, and that's how it is. I love it. So I just had a six year anniversary of the podcast. And what I did for the six year anniversary was, is I went back and there were certain interviews that I had that I knew I wanted to showcase little clips. And as I was doing it, I remembered when I started the podcast, I was super nervous. So I kind of scripted it out. And one of my questions I would ask was, is where do you want to be in five years? And it was super cool because I got to hear people's answers from five or six years ago. And now I got to see. So one of them was Max Maxwell. He said he wanted to be running a $5 million a year wholesaling business. Now he's like living in Dubai. And I don't even think he cares about wholesaling anymore. <laughs> he's more money than he needs. Another one was Cody Sanchez, who is just a rock star. Um, and she's far exceeded her goals that she had for herself. So with you being 24, you've got your wholesaling business, you've already done flips and rentals. You've talked about that. You've, with wisdom, paused what you're doing there. But now you've got wholesale discord. So my question to you is, Miss 24-year-old CEO, <laughs> where do you want to be when you're 30 in your journey? That's that's such a good question because, you know, you always think about it. It's like, what, where do you want for, for your, your next steps to be? Like, you know, you don't want to stay settling in water. And I, and I always go through that where like, I'll go through these moments where I feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not where I want to be, or I feel like I'm, I'm too comfortable. Um, but it's just also in a sense where I'm content where I'm at, where I, all my bills are paid. If I want anything, I can have it. Not really anything, but like, if I, if, if I really wanted something, I, I can purchase it. My parents are okay. My siblings are okay. And that's always been the goal. And so from five years from now, honestly, I would hope I'd, I'd just be content. I I hope that everything is, is paid for. I hope that I can continue growing as I'm growing. Um, you know, I'd love to, to hit a million. That's, that's kind of like an ultimate goal, become a billionaire, that millionaire that's, that's ultimately everyone's goal at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Just to be financially stable, um, have that financial freedom that comes with the real estate industry, make sure everyone that, that I love and, and, and care for is taken care of. Um, and so that would, that would be the goal just, and then maybe hit a million. I think that's still always the goal. So, so that's, that's it in about five years. If I'm back on the podcast, hopefully I'm a millionaire by then, uh, whether it's the tech world or the wholesaling world, or just who knows what else, you know, is out there as, as we go, especially now with AI and everything. But um, that's that's the ultimate goal, just to be financially stable and secure for myself and for my family. It sounds like family is an important part for you. You've you've brought that up multiple times through the podcast. Is that is that something that's specific to you? Is it part of your culture? What, where do you think that comes from? Yeah, I mean, I think culture plays a big part. Like we're a very close family. Um, 
just just how we've grown up it's it's always you know family dinners family breakfast as much as we can so i spend so much time with my family and it's always you know you see your parents work their butt off to get you to where you're at right uh, you know especially when you come with with immigrant parents it's like they come to this world absolutely knowing nothing um not a dime in their pockets they come into the states and and they really do try to make the best of it um and and i've saw that with my dad especially you know worked from gas station to bread factories like the lowest of the lows and and then eventually you know worked himself up um and so it's it's such a great example to live by and and see that he's done it so i can possibly do it as well um you know and his biggest goal was always just to make sure that we were okay that we can have everything that we've ever wanted and so it always you know when, when i started you know making decent money it was like ha- as much as i can give back to my parents i could like i can't fully retire him now but that ultimately would be a great goal to have that I've, i mean I'm hoping I can do it by next year. That's kind of the goal, not in five years, but hopefully retire him by next year. Um, and and that's that's really it. I, I love my family. Um, they're absolutely great. They've been great motivators. Um, they weren't as excited when I jumped into real estate and didn't go back to finance, but I don't think they did it at all. Um, I think they're they're proud and and yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better family and a better better support system through this journey. That's awesome. What an amazing feeling that'll be when you retire your dad. I mean, yeah. Uh, just I I I'll I'll say this. Um the my my dad passed away in 2012. The 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 last conversation I had with my dad was telling him I was starting my own business. It wasn't real estate, but I I'll never forget seeing the the pride that he had knowing that I was going to go out and and create my own journey because that's the same thing that him and my mom did in 1992 when he quit his corporate job and he said, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to create my own, I'm going to create my own reality with, with owning my own business. And then 20 years later, I said the same thing to him and I'll never forget that look that he had um, of tears in his eyes and how proud he was of that moment. Um, it's it's amazing that I don't know if I'd still be here if it wasn't for for wholesaling and if it wasn't for real estate. And I've always said the reason why I do this podcast is to give back so other people can change their lives, just like you. Um, you found this through YouTube, and uh, it's a, it's amazing to see that and to see that. Now you're at the point where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm out here with 2,800 people in your community learning how to do the same thing. That's awesome. Um, I'd love to have the opportunity to come into your community and, uh, and share what wisdom I have about this. Uh, for the people that are not already following you, what's, what's the best platform, obviously, to join the Discord, but where else mm-hmm. can they consume your content? I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I think I post more on the, on the short reels and, and, um, TikTok side of things. Um, it's just easier one minute videos to, to sit down and talk about a specific topic. Um, uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent with YouTube. Like I think I'm averaging one a month, which is not great. I know people that are doing like one a day, which just blows my mind how they're getting it done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely insane. Uh, it's just like with me, when I start talking, like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest talker. I never was. I was never into 
public speaking. I actually took a class in college to try to overcome it. Didn't do great. I think I got a B in it, um, which which would, you know, I, I guess with me, it's, I, I was a straight A student. So like that was always the goal to get a B in public speaking was just absolutely insane. But I was never really good at that public speaking thing. And so when social media came into play, it was kind of like a personal diary. So on like TikTok was like the first platform that I actually used. In the bottom, I had them all private where it was just me saying like day two, I'm doing this and making all these calls or day three, I'm walking through this neighborhood and they're still private. I never really uploaded them just because they were just so cringy and, and, and old and I still didn't know what I was doing. And so that's how it started. It was kind of for myself. And then, you know, I was talking about this first deal and someone said, you should post about it. That deal is like crazy. You just made $17,000. Like you should post about it. And so I did. That was kind of like the first video I ever did. Um, right on TikTok, I talked about how I got it, how I closed it. And then you start getting comments about how did you do it? What did you use? What? And then it became, okay, now I'm not doing a diary. Now I'm just answering people's questions. And I guess I explain things very, very simple and very easy, which it's just how I like to learn. I like to simplify it as much as I can. And so people really liked that and people really resonated with that. Um, and I know my audience is a little bit of younger generation college kids, just because we relate so much in that field. And so that's, that's how it kind of started. That's how the social media thing started. And so um, TikTok is, is usually the first one where I post that. Instagram Reels is the next one. And then eventually I can get as consistent as, as you do on YouTube. But um, yeah, th- those are those are the, the main ones. Well, I will I will say this, um, not to put any pressure on you, but the real estate investing community needs to hear more from you for so many reasons. First and foremost, because you're a woman um, and and it's important. I have a female partner and and I love her to death, but she does not get the enjoyment out of this that I do. She gets the enjoyment about being on the floor with our team mm-hmm. and helping them create their realities and solving sellers problems and getting deals across the finish line. The problem is is that there's not enough women putting themselves out there in the real estate investing industry. Let's be honest. I could go on a string of 250 straight podcast interviews with white dudes. Okay. (laughs) Plenty of white guys that we can interview in real estate investing to see women and, and women of color, whatever that is, is impactful. More people want to see it. They crave it. And, and I say this, from being one of those white men, I say all the time, I, I'm, we're all for it. We want more women to stand up and be it. And so I ask you, you're doing a great job already. You have a following, you have the discord platform, um, more consistency on, on YouTube would be great, you know, but you're 24, I'm 38. You, you've got 14 years to get to where <laughs> I'm at, um, and I, I, I'm sure you'll get there, but it's important to hear this. And if you're another woman that you're listening to this right now, and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, document the journey, even if you don't know what the hell you're doing. So we can watch you go from you don't know what the hell you're doing to when you know what the hell you're doing. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Some of my most watched videos are literally a static image of the podcast guest. There was no camera. 
I have a, a video with me and Todd Fleming where it gets watched probably 100, 150 times a day, and it's there's no video. It's just us talking. It's okay if it's not perfect. It's about the content. People want to see the content. So please, more more content from you. People <laughs> want to see it. And I'm so I, I'm honored to share the stage with you at Wholesaling Live. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Wholesaling Live, September 15th, 16th, 2023. Um, join us in San Antonio. You can go to wholesalinglive.io. Join us there. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here, share thank your you. journey. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see where you go in the future and where you are in six years from now. Um, I think you're going to far exceed your goals. So thank you for coming <laughs> on today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invite. It's actually my first podcast, so it was just just a great what? first time for sure. Yeah. No way. First podcast. Yeah, at the Titanium Vault. That's that's insane. But Dude, um, I really were, do appreciate it. You were a pro. First podcast. I, I couldn't tell. There's definitely been times I could tell. You did great. All right, thank guys. You, uh, remember, if you enjoyed today's episode, which of course you did, leave us a five-star review. If you didn't, remember, my good friend Steve Train openly accepts three-star reviews. So just go over to Real Estate Disruptors, <laughs> leave him a three-star review, let him know RJ sent you. Otherwise, leave us a five-star review. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. See you guys.